0: Anybody want to guess? Why does the church exist? You just saw it, really. The church exists to pass on to the next generation the good news of the gospel. So let's think about it. Let's just do a little actuarial analysis here. Those of you that are uh, over 60, I'm not going to have you stand because you, you might have trouble standing and there'd be a, there'd be a little bit of groan and moan. Uh, I did a, Charlene and I were at last weekend in Henderson, Kentucky, did a senior adult weekend with the church where we pastored for 16 years and we saw a lot of folks. Uh, but just think about 15 years from now. Some of you aren't going to be here. Aren't you glad you came today? <laughs> really encouraging. Just loved it. Dean, you, you'll probably still be working in the yard, but it might be from a wheelchair. You know, you never know. I was glad that I saw that they were going to senior adult houses this week and doing some yard work. Dean really needs some yard work. His he's got two or three blades of grass that's out of order and. Uh, When you think about the purpose of the church, sometimes we get confused. We think it's about us. We think it's about you and me. It's kind of been a theme. I've been here about six months now, and I've said that many times. But really, the church is about those yet to be here. It's really found in Psalm 78. Maybe you haven't read Psalm 78. I'll get to Deuteronomy six in a moment, but Psalm 78 says, "My people hear my instruction, listen to what I say. I will declare wise sayings, I will seek mysteries from the past, things we have heard and known that our fathers have passed down to us. So somebody, you're here because somebody told you about Jesus. I'm right about this, and it'd be nice to know you're all awake this morning. I mean, it's it said, I'm going to tell you what my fathers, our fathers passed down to us, but we must, not, we, we must not hide them from our children. We must tell a future generation the praises of the Lord, His might, and the wonderful works He has performed. He established a testimony in Jacob and set up a law in Israel of which He commanded our fathers to teach their, to their children. Listen to verse 6. Psalm 78, so that the future generation, children yet to be born, might know they were, they were to rise and tell their children so that they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep His commandments. That's the purpose of the church right there, is to pass the baton. Now, some of us think it's worship, and it's, it, worship is important. Some of them think it's Bible study, and Bible study is important. Some of them think acts of service, and acts of service are important. But the church exists. This church exists. And you're, 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 you're getting ready to get a new pastor here soon, hopefully. You need to have in your mind that the church exists for, for, that, for those, that little baby that was here, River, other children that were here in the early, earlier service. But those children yet to be born. So we have to value the unborn, don't we? And we have to provide a a, a church and an environment that values kids, our kids. And listen, it starts in your home. The writer here talks about passing the truth on from one generation to another. Charlie and I went back to the church where we were from 1982 to 1999 and some of the people I had not seen since we left in '99 to go to the Kentucky Baptist Convention, and so 22 years I hadn't seen them. The gratifying thing to me was not the senior adults that I saw. I mean, you know, people that were are, are, that were. I was 31 when I went there, and a lot of those folks have we we kind of grew up with them, and some of them are you know, our age and older, and we was glad to see them, excited to see them. But what was gratifying for me was all these people that came up to me and said, Brother Dan, you you baptized me in 1984. You baptized me in 1992. You did my wedding in 1997. And now they're grown and got their own kids. It was truly seeing the generation, the baton being passed from one generation to the next. That's what's gratifying. And that's what you need to think about. How can you, as a person that's been a believer for a long time, a mom, a dad, a grandparent, how can you pass that baton to your kids and to their kids and those kids yet to be born? That's what we got to think about. we got to think about having a church that 30 years from now is still going to be viable, relevant, impacting the culture in a positive way. And so Moses was given the instruction then in, 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 uh, about this. Moses and the children of Israel were getting ready to enter the promised land. They'd been delivered from bondage in Egypt. And uh, they'd lived among these pagan gods for uh, 450 years. They, that's all they knew. But, but Moses, they were being delivered. And they were getting ready to, to, to go into the land of promise. And so God gave Moses some instruction And he told him, here's what you're to teach your children. He says in in verse 4 of of Deuteronomy 6, listen, Israel. It's called the Shema. It's It's a Hebrew word to listen. Listen, Israel, he said. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, if they were going to make it as a people, they had to pass the faith on to the next generation. Teach the children, repeat it to them over and over and over again because they were living, they'd been living in a pagan land among all kinds of foreign gods, and they were going into a country, into a land that knew not the one God, the Lord God, Yahweh. And He said to them, If you're going to make it, you've got to be clear that you teach your children there's one God. We live in a pluralistic culture. By design, I don't agree with a lot of things that other religions teach. I don't believe in, with what Hindus teach. I don't believe what Muslims teach. I don't believe what Buddhists teach. But I do believe they have the right and the freedom to practice their religion as long as it doesn't hurt people, as long as it isn't filled with hate. But the deal is, that doesn't mean it's true. Just because I agree with their freedom to, to have the freedom of religion. What's true is there's one God. One God. Not many gods. And we've, 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 we've embraced these, these polarities, particularly in my lifetime, is that Jesus is the only way to be saved, but that Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists can be saved through their religion. Well, if one is true, the other's not. You can't have both. Either Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, or He's not. And it's our job to teach our children the truth of the Word of God. That Jesus is the only path to know God, the only way to be saved. And, it's, and, and, and the reason we're in such a mess today is we can lay it at our own feet. We haven't taught our kids. We haven't followed Deuteronomy 6. We haven't listened to Psalm 78. We have not passed on the faith to future generations. So how does does that happen? How how do you pass it on? Some of you got kids, some of you grandkids, some of you got great-grandkids. All of us have influence. All of us have impact. So, how do, you, how do we do Deuteronomy 6? How do we, how do we fulfill Psalm 78? Jesus repeated uh, verse 4 of uh, Deuteronomy 6, uh, love the Lord, verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In Matthew chapter 22, when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus quoted that passage right there. So, we're to teach our. Our kids, by living in ourselves the truth of the word of God, so how do you do that well i 'm going to suggest some things that one of the, one of the ways to do it is through the power of prayer and prayer isn't just words it's it's a lifestyle it, it's a it's a it's a mindset it 's a philosophy it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like breathing prayer is 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 when you when you when you breathe out, you're you're praying. When you're breathing in, you're 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 receiving. So you're you're praying. The it's the breath of God. You're you're expressing your praise, your concerns, your 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 situations to God. And then as you breathe in, you're receiving the the word and the power and and, and the and the the truth of the word of God in your heart. So so how do we pray? How do, how do we help pass it on? Here on Mother's Day and. You know, we'll, we'll think about this in the other days ahead. But um, my hope for you is, and, and my prayer for Eastwood and any church that claims the name of Jesus is that we'll see that our purpose is to reach the next generation and the next generation. Not only the one that's living, but the one yet to be born. So that means the sanctity of life is important. It means that we have, to, we have to be the voice of those who have no voice. An unborn child doesn't have a voice. It's got to be our voice, and we've got to lift up. We cannot say that, 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 that life in the womb is not important. To do that is to, deny, is to deny the very fabric of Scripture. So it starts with our own convictions about life. And, and so how do we pass it on? Well, one of those ways is is to have a a, a prayer journal for your kids. Now, some of you put, you, you've bought CDs. Um, I remember when I was growing up, my grandparents bought me savings bonds. Well, Lord have mercy. They weren't hardly written the, the paper they were written on. But, you know, I, I got those when I was 18. I received these savings bonds that my grandparents had bought me. You, you buy CDs. You, some of you bought your kids stock, and, and uh, you know, you, 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 you're putting a co- aside college money. You, you got money that you're setting aside for your kids or your grandkids to, to go to college uh, or maybe buy a car or whatever. Wouldn't it be something that when they turned 18 or whatever age you would decide that you would hand them a prayer journal? of prayers that you have prayed for them and you recruited some other people, a Sunday school teacher, a deacon, a a neighbor, a pastor, a friend, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, and you, you write these prayers out and you bind them. And at some critical time in their life, you hand them this prayer journal. I just want you to know that we've been praying for you. I want you to know. My grandparents did that over me. My mom and dad did that over me. I had aunts and, 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 and particularly aunts. I had a couple aunts that, that, that prayed over me. My mother's prayer mainly was, Lord, help me not kill him. You know? <laughs> you know, when I was about six, she came to understand why some species eat their young. I mean, you know, she, uh, Lord, have mercy. I was a handful. But, but what, what, what if you, and it's never too late. You say, "Well, my kids are grown. We'll start right now." You say they're a little older. We'll start right now. Just, just begin to have prayer. Pray for them. Specific things. Be very specific about it. When our daughter was born, even before she was born, I started writing out prayers, and I've got a box full of these journals that over about twenty years that I I kept a prayer. It was just a prayer journal, and a lot of it had to do with with my daughter. So, you know, one one of the ways to pass on the faith is, is to have a is, is to have a prayer, um, to have a prayer journal. The other is to have a a prayer for them. Call it a prayer covering. Right here is one of them. Uh, uh, May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's a prayer covering. That's what Moses was praying over the children of Israel. But it wasn't just the ones that were living. It was the ones that were going to live. Yet to come. That's what uh, uh, David is saying in Psalm 78. It's for generations yet to be born. So develop a prayer covering over your kids. Uh, I I like Numbers uh, 6. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord uh, look upon you with favor and give you his peace. What's your prayer for your kids, for your grandkids? You see, if you aren't careful, you're going you're gonna to bless them out instead of bless them. What's your blessing over your kids? Uh, that, that's really what Deuteronomy 6 is about. It, it's about a prayer covering. That's what Moses was 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 told by God to pray this over the over the children of Israel. Well, we'll have a prayer covering over your kids. Write, write out a prayer that you habitually, regularly pray for them. Let them hear you pray it. Um, and then thirdly, teach them to, to read the Bible. Charlene taught Christy um, when, we were, when she was growing up. But they had, we had Bible drills. Anybody here? Anybody here participate in Bible drills? Hello? Anybody? And um, we're dating ourselves, but I'm telling you, we've lost something. They know how to turn an iPad on. My grandkids can, can maneuver iPads, and they know how to. They, one of them erased all the pictures off her grandmother's phone, her iPhone. But, um, just erased them. They don't know how she did it, but she did it. They can turn an iPhone on, but a lot of them have no idea what this thing is. There's nothing wrong in having a Bible on a phone. There's nothing wrong in having a Bible on an iPad or someplace, but I'm telling you, you can't underline an iPad. Your kids, your grandkids, whomever it is, they need to see that you own a book, the book. You know, people, I'll have people say, uh, you know, I said, turn, you know, either turn the Bible or turn on the Bible. Well, I don't know, but what you're watching a sports show, you know, (laughs) the Titans are playing. So, you know, I know for a fact they did that when I was at Springfield, Tennessee. A guy was back there watching the Titans play while I was preaching. Why? Because his wife told me. (laughs) She said, he won't listen to you. I got all over him about it. But what about, what about, if you're Bible, what about your Bible? You start to underline passage of Scripture that you're praying for your kids. That they know what's important to you. One of the things I do when I do a funeral is I ask for the Bible of a person. And I'll look through the Bible and see what they underlined. Maybe they dog-eared it. Maybe they got a... Like, I've got one of these things in Deuteronomy 6. See, I've got to, to remind me how important that is. Uh, the Bible should look worn. The Bible I preached in for years, I had to have recovered. I had recovered when I went to Liveway because the cover was falling off of it. Hello. Do your kids know that you know the Bible? Or do you know the stock market a whole lot more? Do you know what's going on in Washington a whole lot more? Do you know what's going on in the culture? A whole lot more than you know, thus saith the Lord. Hello. Teach them how to read and pray the Bible. The Bible's full of prayers. You say, I don't know how to pray. Well, then the other day you don't know how to read. Because the book of Psalms is a book of prayers. Just pray the Psalms. Teach them to study and pray the Bible. Form a prayer network for your kids. Anybody here got teenagers? Oh Lord. right? The only people that know how to raise kids are those that don't have any. They're experts. I read about a pastor that 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 said he, you know, when he first started in the ministry before he had children, he 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 wrote ten ways to raise kids. And then he had his first daughter, and he went he went to five suggestions about to raise kids. And then he had a son, and then he and then he quit preaching about it. The only couples I've known over the years that knew how to raise them, they didn't have them. But we all need help. And so develop, ask for help. Get your Sunday school class if you're in a Bible study class. one thing that's so important. It, it, to be in a Bible study class. Or have, have friends or other, other believers, other followers of Jesus. Have a prayer network. I got a text last week from a friend of mine up in Prestonsburg at, uh, that the pastor up there known him a long time. he asked me to pray for his daughter. she was having some work related issues. Please pray for me for wisdom to help know me help uh, me know how to talk to my daughter. We all need help um, the, the, also um, you know uh, we worry about a lot of things i do we we all do I worry about my granddaughters i I worry about the world they're gonna grow up in. I mean, when when somebody can say, I'm a man, but I want to be a woman. God help us. The kind of world they're gonna grow up in. They're six and eight years old. What in the world, what, what in the world is, is it gonna look like in 30 years? So I worry about that, but what I've what I've decided is not not just to worry, but to pray. Pray for God's protection over them. Pray they'll know Jesus. They're good girls; they really are. their Their parents are godly people that that teach them the Word, and they they can quote Scripture, and they, uh, you know, they, they love the, the praise and worship songs and and all that. But I'll tell you, my my worries get magnified. Does that make sense? But the Bible tells us to take our worries to the Lord. Make them prayers. Pray over them. Don't ever quit. I can tell you story after story of, of parents who prayed for kids and hu- wives that prayed for husbands and husbands that prayed for wives that, that maybe 20 years later the prayers were answered. So don't quit praying for them. You got troubled kids, don't quit praying for them. Don't be part of the trouble. I remember early on in ministry, I'd, I, I'd just gone to Henderson to pastor. I'd pastored in Ohio three and a half years, but I didn't know what in the world I was doing. And those people put up with me. I, I did a lot of stupid stuff. Um, but I, I went to a conference here in, in Kentucky. Kentucky. There was a famous pastor. If I if I mentioned his name, you would know who he was. Very famous pastor. And he got up in there and bragged about that he had missed his son's high school graduation because he was out preaching a revival. He was bragging about it. I got up and left. I thought, my gosh! So what if you win the whole world and lose your family? It, 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 my goodness, we haven't done Deuteronomy 6. Your new pastor, whomever he is, is probably going to come with a family, more than likely, and probably going to have kids, more than likely. You need to make sure he has time to be able to raise his own kids. Does that make sense? The church is about family. It's about passing it on. And and uh, we've we lift our worries you learn to pray Philippians 4, 6 and 7 don't, don't worry about anything but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made, to, be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus believe that then te- then, then then and then finally finally be a faithful follower yourself. Let your kids Daniel and what what's your name Rachel. Rachel, let River catch you praying. Let him overhear you reading the Bible, praying for him. You see one of the one of the best Models kids have is godly, faithful parents and grandparents. So I, I, wanna, I want my granddaughters to know that, that I want to make Jesus famous in my house. <laughs> you know, uh, I want them to know that I love the Lord With all my heart, all my mind, all my soul. And I want to pass the faith onto them. They are my treasure. So, what do you treasure? Everybody has treasures. Everybody. If you, if, if you, we do what we value. And so, whatever you value, that, that really becomes your God. So, if you value money, you'll, you, you'll, be, you'll become a person of greed. If you value power, you'll become a person of arrogance. You'll, you, 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 if you worship success, You'll be a user of people. They're a commodity to get you to where you want to go. But listen, if you value the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and if you believe that the purpose of the church is to pass on to future generations the truth of the Word of God, even to those yet to be born, listen, God is going to bless you in ways you have never dreamed. <clears throat> True story. And I'll just try to be quiet. Uh, I've told you before, I grew up in a church where kids were not valued. It was an adult run church and the kids would be seen and not heard. And the uh, church was no fun to me. It was a it was a chore. Um, it, you know, it, it, it was boring. And uh, so when I finally responded to the call of God to go to min, into ministry, I, one, of the, one of the promises I made to God is, is I wanted it to be child-friendly. I wanted to have a church that reached a lot of kids. And when we went back to Zion, I mean, it was, it was gratifying to see all these young people younger than me <laughs> come to me and thank me for Bible school and mission trips and making the church uh, not, not just child-friendly, but Christ-centered. Well, we hadn't been there very long. And one Sunday morning, uh, we were promoting a Bible school. Like, you, you all are going to have Bible school. Right? Big deal. And so we, we had the baptistry, and I, I had um, some of the youth were in the baptistry, and they were using puppets to promote Bible school. Well, they'd never done that before. I, I guess the baptistry is supposed to be a sacred place. I, I don't know. But l- that morning, there was one of the older guys who had been a deacon in the days gone by, but he, he, took, he grabbed me by the hand, and he said, what you did this morning with them, whatever them things were, them puppet things up there, He said, that's the most sacrilegious thing I've ever seen happen here. And he said, that's not going to happen again. And if it does, it'll be over my dead body. He looked at me. Had my hand, gripping my hand. It'll be over my dead body. And I said to him, you better get your will ready because I'm going to do her again tonight. (laughs) He got all red in the face. But I want to tell you, I got up at night and said, some of you may have been offended by that, maybe. But I'm telling you, I'm passionate about seeing boys and girls come to Jesus and more come to Jesus in Bible school than doing anything else. That man was standing in the way. And I'm not going to go ahead and I'm not going to tell you the whole story because some of you, everybody's related to somebody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some of you, it's your cousin probably. uh, But his family fell into disarray. Don't be a person that stands in the way of reaching the next generation for Jesus just because it makes you uncomfortable. You need to be uncomfortable because the future generations are depending on us to pass the baton to pass the faith, even to those yet to be born. Would all of our mothers stand? Would y'all just stand, all the moms that are here? Would y'all just stand, please? All of our moms. Let's thank, let's thank our moms. Amen. And let's uh let's let let's have a prayer for them. So those of you that are close to them, and maybe it's family, just go, y'all just stay standing. Just kind of surround them and we're going to have a prayer over them. Come on, just everybody. Stand. Let, let's pray over our moms this morning, okay? Let's pray a prayer covering over them as the praise team's going to come and lead us here in a moment. Let, let's pray for our mothers today. Lord, thank you for these moms. Lord, thank you for a church that is child-friendly. That uh, Thank you for Megan and all those working with the, the kids, and thank you for those children on their way yet to be born. Thank you for these moms that have nurtured their children and have been nurtured by others and lord help us to be a church that's that's family that's family friendly that's that's christ-centered and we pray your blessings upon these moms may you may you may the lord bless you and protect you make you make his face to shine upon you and and smile upon you and may he give you his peace And we pray that you'll have a great day. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.